Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brams. We're in the house here at Lenny Boy Brewing and Danny Brams. I'm happy to be back on the show. I'm going to start there with you. Welcome home. It's good to be home. And I am still in somewhat disbelief that Charlotte FC beat Chelsea Football Club at the keep on Wednesday night in Uptown Charlotte in front of 54,000 fans. When I saw Chelsea Football Club tweet that they lost to Charlotte in PKs, it was so surreal that I still cannot comprehend it. I, I, I saw one of our TIFOs, one of our tremendous friends of the shows, Danny Brams, say, that's, this is a tweet that I'm going to bookmark. I'm not mm-hmm. just going to bookmark that tweet. <laughs> I'm going to print it out, right. I'm going to frame it, and, frame it. I'm, and I'm going to put it in the office, my right. friend. Hang it next to the signed Brawny Bro jersey, you know, <laughs> at this point. I mean, it's it's Chelsea Soccer Club now, right? It's no longer Chelsea Football Club, it's it's soccer. They lost in America, and uh, that's the way it is. And, uh, yeah, they're going to have to uh, – they wanted PKs, and they got them. You know, it was such an amazing night. Uh, it was one of those things where the every it was a good night. It was a cool night. It was like, yeah, you know, hey – it was, it was Charlotte and Chelsea out there kicking the ball around and whatnot. Well, it's an exhibition And match. then all of a sudden, it was elevated to a moment of just the pure sublime, thanks to a 16-year-old kid who came in and made some magic happen and really tilted Chelsea so hard. They were so pissed that they conceded a stoppage-time penalty equalizer that they're like, no, fuck this. We're going to PKs. We're going to make you guys beat us in PKs. F this. We have one of the best goalies in the world. You won't be able to score on us. It was, you know what? We beat them in PKs. Didn't matter. Best goalies in the world. I, when Chelsea won the Champions League, I was on the record with a with a friend of the show, Matt Geslin, who did a tremendous job, of course, filling on the show, filling in on the show. Thank you for that. And when he was signed at Chelsea Football Club, and he and he filled in for Kepa, who was a liability, and they won the Champions League. I said he was the reason why right. he won the, the that Chelsea won the Champions League. And Charlotte FC went six for six. <laughs> And with a Panenka, we did it with everything. You know, we'd be with some power, with some placement, with yes. some uh, cleverness and trickery. Uh, it yeah. was it was a beautiful thing. Amazing PKs to witness. Like, in, in all honesty, it was high drama. It was perfect for an exhibition match. And I thought that the fans deserved it, quite frankly. Right. After the another rain delay, another issue mm. outside of the stadium. We're, we're going to get in, into all of that. We, we have so much to talk about on the show. Could this be a launching point for the rest of the season? That's a question I'm going to ask you because it felt like that this is the the sort of result, Danny Brams, that not only has an impact on match day, but could have a ma- could have an impact on Saturday against Toronto. Right, and as you hear, or maybe if you're listening close, you can hear some sirens going off in the background here uh, as we're in South End here at Lenny Boy Brewing, and we're going to talk about what we're drinking in just a moment, but. The sirens are appropriate because MLS is on notice. Charlotte FC is here, you know? The world's on notice. We were trending worldwide. Charlotte FC beats Chelsea was trending worldwide for the crown. Hashtag trending all over the country and all over the na- the world. And I think it's time. It's, it's funny how something, it was never going to be a negative. There was, uh, barring some in- insane injury, there was really no negative that ever could have come out of last night's exhibition. But... It, to get such, a I, positive, I disagree with that. By the way, well, well, to get such a positive out of it is just more than we would have bargained for. I, I would say. Agreed. What do you think could have happened? Negative, like lose six nil and feel shitty about yourself and your club, and the players walk away saying we're not world class. We just played a world class squad, and we feel like shit now because they made us feel inferior. So the Inter Miami is what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Not, I mean, they have scoreboard over us, but, uh, you know, in the week since uh, we lost in Miami, th- our two fortunes have taken a very different turn in the, the Premier League exhibitions, at, at the very least. I think I'm willing to write off everything that happened in Miami as just a sheer one-off and just a bad night at this point. Uh, I think we can kind of move forward from that. We never like to dwell in the past too badly on this show. But Speak overall, for yourself. <laughs> overall, <laughs> glad to have you back. Glad to have you back. <laughs> But overall, uh, it's a positive week for me uh, with the most recent events. We should talk about what we're drinking before we get too far into this, though. Yeah, we should. Absolutely. I, 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 I'm not leaving, but check, please. 
Uh, I've got a nice Pilsner here at Lenny Boy, uh, and I'm going to have another one here soon. Love a, a check, please, at Lenny Boy, always. I went with the Booty Call double IPA to start my night, and that's just because I need to get lit early and often. I, I, I'm, I'm chugging these things so that by the end of this episode, I might ha- be able to fire off a few hot takes. Who knows? Uh, we're going to give uh, the fans a take for sure on T.T. Ortiz. Danny Brams, is, is he officially on his way out here in Charlotte. We'll get your opinion on that and and, and find out exactly what the latest news is. We're going to preview that that big Toronto match on Saturday. Toronto has 12 losses. They're a poor team. They only have five wins. Charlotte's going on the road. They're going north of the border for the second time this season. And we know what happened against Montreal the first time. So... Back to Canada, this squad goes to try to get three points. It's a huge match. We're going to talk about that. We're going to get into to listener questions as well. And then finally finish off the show with some fun storytelling about my trip across the pond. And, and my new perspective. Um, always, always, always new perspective when, when you have a trip like that and you get back to the Queen City and you think about this franchise, and I think we're in a really good spot um, as we move forward. So just to start, overall, on the field, right? That, that's where I want to start when it comes to Charlotte FC. Always and the most it's, important thing. And it's victory over Chelsea Football Club. Christian Pulisic, he scores the opener in... Lucky uh, goal. A very lucky <laughs> goal. You could argue in this one, Danny Brands, that Charlotte FC deserved to win in regulation 1-0. Certainly. So... Who or what position unit stood out to you the most in this match? Going into it, you said you had no expectations. But when the PKs were over, was there a player? Was there a position group? Was it maybe a coaching staff decision? Was it the fan base? There's Who to you made the biggest impression last night? The fan base made a huge impression. The fan base's ability to represent... To outshine all the the uh, you know the Johnny Come Lately Chelsea fans out there and represent so that Carolina Blue was going a lot stronger there than the uh, whatever the Chelsea Blue is. I give it up for the fans. They waded through the rain. They waded through some somewhat asinine you know CYA policies going on at Bank of America Stadium. I mean they don't want to have liability, but I mean. Do you think Bank of America escapes liability if one of the thousands of people that are standing out there crowded outside the gates? Uh, gets injured in a lightning thing, I, I, I would put some liability on BOA even if they did have the gates closed in that case. I mean, they can tell people to shelter in place. They can say it's a personal responsibility issue and you have to go to the uh, parking garage until the lightning storm ends. But that's not reality. We're not living in reality in that situation. So the smarter thing for Bank of America Stadium and Charlotte Football Club to do in those situations in the future is to let everybody in as quickly as possible and get them sheltering in the Get concourse. them in the concourse. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the other argument I heard, and like, even, I mean, people were saying this, and even Brad Panovich, the beloved weatherman of uh, Charlotte, the meteorological scene. Shout Everybody out, loves shout Brad. out to Brad. I, One of the, the best follows on Twitter, if you're is. into the weather and all that. He was commenting on this a lot on his timeline, and he was saying things like, you know, it's personal responsibility and people should do the right thing. But it's like, these are thousands of people, if you saw these crowds gathered. It's like, at some point, at what point does the responsibility go back on the club and the stadium to like, get those people to a safe place instead of just like watching them like sit out there in a danger zone but regardless i i complained a lot about that through our uh social media for at for the crown baby on twitter pregame and then when the game kicked off i put it beside me i hope that we learn for the future i'm gonna i'm gonna put it all behind me now from now on what else answer to the other part of your question who stood out the most was it, it wasn't necessarily a position group but the thing that stood out to me the most tactically for the 90 minutes of that match until the the Brian Romero magic was Camille Usbiak playing in the 10, playing a, a center attacking mid role, and that allowed potentially him to come onto the field in a future starting 11, maybe against Toronto. We can get into that later with Camille in the middle, and then we all then we can get Yordi and Shinyashiki into the starting 11 together and find a different role for Camille and not have to worry about like killing Andre's minutes in this like super sub role, you know. Give me a break with the super sub. If you're a super sub, you should be starting, you know, as far as I'm concerned, like almost in almost all cases. So, I loved seeing Camille in the 10, probably 
not that he was like some superstar 10 or anything like that, but it's just like, I don't really like Camille in the starting 11 as a winger at all, but the club is kind of committed to him. So like, let's try to work out something different. Cause we got to get Andre into the starting lineup. You can't take Jordi out, obviously, like the way he's playing. He almost scored a mirror image goal of his freaking wicked curler at Miami. He put one almost in the exact same spot and hit the post early. Uh, so Jordi's not going anywhere. Camille's the one who's not holding his weight on the wings, so get him out of there as far as I'm concerned. But if you have to have him on, let's try him in that midfield role, that central role. Chelsea FC, they tweeted uh, 21 hours ago as of this podcast recording, penalties. Camille Uzviak scores and Charlotte wins the game. And I quote tweeted that and I said, uh, Alex, I'll take tweets I thought I would never see <laughs> four or 5,000. And our tremendous friend of, this, friend of the show, Michael Volak, he responded and said, easy now, hashtag still my guy. So he, Michael hearing you talk about Uzviak in this way, yeah. uh, he has to be thrilled about this because he's a guy that still has a lot of fans well, in this community, a, a guy that has a ton of expectations. And not only did he play in that 10 role and potentially have some creation, like he was in a pressure pack situation in front of 50 plus thousand people and he converted to PK to win the game. Right. And that, there, it doesn't get much more pressure than that on a soccer pitch in terms of everything being focused on you for a setup moment that's not kind of happening spontaneous, you know, for sure. You know, Volak, love you, man. The first day we met, you were telling me about how you were so excited <laughs> to get Yusviak customized on your jersey. I'll never forget that day, and I hope Camille comes good, obviously. I, I want like, I want to love him. If, if it was up to me, I would love Camille Yusviak, but unfortunately, I don't. <laughs> it's just the way it goes. So it's not up to me. I, I have to follow my heart on, on more than my head, I guess, in some things. But Or maybe vice versa. I'm not sure how that works, but I'll keep drinking and figure it out. For me, it's not a player that I was most impressed by. It was a position group. And that's why I teed the question up that way. Because last night's magic, last night's celebration, last night's what ended up being a parade out of the supporter section on the Mint Street. Right. An absolute party. Right. Do you see Kayla Burns Hefner's tweet? Yes. Oh, Kayla, like, she tweeted that. I had her instant retweet as soon as I saw that because, like, it was a scene on Mint after the match. Absolutely. And that, that doesn't happen without Christian Kalina, George Marks, and Pablo Cisniega. Making his full club debut, Pablo Cisniega. I mean, imagine that. He's had, like, injury issues with a concussion and, like, not being available in certain spots. And Marks passed him. And he, But this is a proud goalkeeper who's been a starter in this league before. And for him to be able to come out and get some quality minutes, make some big saves while the game was still going in regulation. He, he made a huge Massive. save against Raheem Sterling, a world-class finisher. Cisniega made a world-class save. George Marks made a world-class save. Kalina made several world-class kick saves. And just, to, you know, just like the the Pulisic goal was really a lucky deflection where if, if he was offside, but it just it wasn't offside because it had deflected off a different player. It wasn't a pass to him. So he just kind of got lucky. And... Yep. and uh, that was just a, a fluke goal. Chelsea never scored a real goal against three different keepers in the match. Incredible. Remarkable. And, and this wasn't a Chelsea squad, by the way, that was rotating players who will never see the pitch. No, Mason Mount was out there. Raheem Sterling was out there. Reese James, one of the best attacking fullbacks in the entire Premier League and he's going to be in the World Cup for England. Like, these are World Cup... These aren't just Premier League players. These are World Cup players that are on the pitch against us. Kai Havertz is playing in the World, German World Cup squad. We made him look like a clown out there. Because we, we spoke about Champions League and, and, <laughs> and the and the title that Chelsea won. He was the, the game-winning goal right. scorer in that match. But that's what we do. That's the best thing about this club is we don't... Admittedly, it's a friendly, it's an exhibition, etc. But... The principle that we have established as far as our identity in MLS was extended to this exhibition, which was we don't let teams do what they want to do. If you want, We know what you want to do in attacking us, and we don't let you do that. You may beat us some other way. You may luck into a goal here or there. You may We may collapse as we did in Miami and let you win. But in a normal situation, we're not going to let you do what you want to do, and that's the, one of my favorite characteristics of this team. That plays into, I thought, one of the comments that I heard in the first half when I was listening to the WFNZ broadcast with 
our friend Will Pelagic to shout out Will filled in on the show right. admirably. He almost Wally pipped you, except yeah. he's got three other jobs, so I couldn't, I couldn't, con- the, the low pay of this one was not enough to convince him to come full time, yeah, but thank he, you, Will. Yeah, that was a great day. Yeah, we, we tried to get a meeting with his agent after the show, and, and it was just an absolute non-starter. Uh, but I, I'd love to do another show with Will, the, the three of us, and, and of course, if, if we could do the show with the four of us, have Jessica involved as well, right. that would be great. So Will and Jessica Charman were, uh, were on the call last night in that first half, and one point of conversation that they had which now I feel like I'm I better understand after hearing the episode with you and Will kind of how they go into a broadcast in certain spots where they can have a actual conversation when there is play Will talked about how if there's play happening in a neutral area they can use just to get into some color Mm -hmm. And, and a very interesting point was made that Charlotte FC is playing the style of football that they want to play mm-hmm. against Chelsea FC. And that in and of itself isn't an accomplishment. And I think Christian Latanzio deserves credit for a couple things. And number one, putting a 16-year-old academy player on the bench and giving him an opportunity to see the pitch well, it, late in the match. There was an extra spot there since TT wasn't involved. <laughs> what, what can I say? Fair. But he he didn't have to give the kid the experience no. as far as getting on the no. pitch. No. Being on the bench was enough. Of course, right. Just like get going through the warm-ups would have been enough for a kid that doesn't even have his driver's license. So like, <laughs> just getting to like put on cleats and run on natural grass at Bank of America Stadium should have been enough even if there was not a single person in the stands. So I mean imagine like like Brian Romero, I don't the kid probably still hasn't slept. I don't even know. Like we're 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 pushing 36 40 hours later here and I still don't think that he has slept. Like uh, what an amazing night. What a brilliant move like Latan- by Latanzio as you said and to get him in the coolest thing was like the funniest thing is that would have been an amazingly successful night for Brian Romero if he hadn't done all the things he did once he got on the pitch, just getting on the pitch, like the fan base was going nuts on Twitter and in the stadium, which I love that recognition from our fan base, by the way, because when he stepped up to the substitutes line, people like I saw this on TV and it was reported to me from people that that were at the game, like the stadium started buzzing and going nuts just for the fact that he was subbing in. So like, I love that recognition from our fan base that they, they knew there was an Academy product on, on the potential, list to get in and they saw him when he got in that's like we're a expansion franchise and we have a lot of people who are new to the, the game as fans and yet we're already that was a savvy veteran move by our fan base to salute brian just when he stepped up to the substitutes line and then of course everything that happened after after the match interim head coach christian latanzio he said this about 16 year old academy product brian romero he said quote He's a very respectful kid, but when he has the ball, he's not so respectful. <laughs> what a line! It's it's an what unbelievable quote. It's it's, it's it's a quote that, to me, that's gives, the best thing I've ever heard Christian Latanzio say. I, listen, man, I don't disagree at all. And when I saw this, I, I said to myself, okay, he's giving us a window into mm-hmm. who this kid is as a player, and why he likes him, and how he's a great kid and he deserves this opportunity because he's a respectful kid mm-hmm. but when he's between the lines and he has the ball on his feet he's not so respectful. I mean he had no respect for human life or Chelsea uh, what a drive sense of self worth <laughs> yeah I'm what not, a drive as soon as he the got box. the ball he was like I'm driving there's a bunch of open space out left I'm, I'm going. going there and yep. he did it and he fired off the shot he didn't go twinkle toes he didn't dance around he didn't be like I'm going to cut it back every fucking defender in the world knows that cutback move so what did he do? He didn't do this bullshit cutback. He just fired, and he fired it right into some dude's arm, and we got a penalty out of it. It was an amazing night for, for Charlotte FC. It was an amazing night for the franchise. It was an amazing night for a 16-year-old academy player. Uh, for an exhibition match, a match that, you know, quite frankly, when you look at it on the schedule, I thought it was a poor spot for the match after that loss against Miami because I thought it would be hard to gain momentum right. from this game. And one thing I'll always do on the podcast is I'll raise my hand and say when I'm wrong. And 
this game was and could be a game changer, a momentum changer for this squad heading into this weekend against Toronto. We said we have a lot to do on the podcast, and we certainly do. We have TTRTs in his future. The, the first goal scorer in Charlotte FC history. But, well... They took that away. <laughs> it was. I celebrated it. I celebrated it in D.C. like it was the first goal in Charlotte FC history. I will never forget that feeling. I never, and you know, and I will also never forget the feeling of turning around and seeing no D.C. fans being upset. And I was like, what? Shouldn't they be upset? And they're like, it's offside, bro. And I was like, oh. We're going to get to your to listener questions as well. We've got some good ones from, from our TIFOs. And we're going to talk about the MLS table. We're going to talk about where Charlotte FC stands and what a push for a playoff spot looks like over the final month, the second half of the season. It's the Charlotte Soccer Show. I'm John Hayes. So happy to be back on the show. Danny Brams is here as well. You can follow me on Twitter at John Hayes on air. You can follow Danny Brams at Danny Brams and follow the show at For the Crown Baby. It's a good follow. We have a fun time. And we're not afraid to throw shade either. <laughs> we win. We, we, I had, I mean, I was like, am I tweeting too much for, from the show account during the game? I was like, no, tweet more. It was, yeah. You know, it was just, it's so fun to have the conversation. And, you know, it was, it, for various reasons, neither you and I, you or I could be in the stadium last night because prior commitments and I was working right. It turned out I could have got there because of the delay, but my schedule had me working right up to kickoff. And, and so, uh, well, you know, when, when I when I buy season tickets to Charlotte <laughs> FC and then they try to charge me $200 to get in my seats for an extra match, when we're still waiting to figure out what that extra match is that comes along with the season tickets. Yeah. You know. It's good to have you back, though. Uh, you know, like, we uh, – I will say our boy Matt Geslin wanted to be here on this episode. He was, like, really wanted to chime in on the Chelsea match. He was like, I'd love to do the episode with you guys and – Gesden, we will we will have you back another three man weave episode of, uh, certainly in the future, but we needed to just get this me and John vibe going back again because you're back finally from Scotland and uh, I'm, I'm loving where we're going here. I can't wait to uh, preview the next match in the next segment. We're out on the the patio here. We've got a nice picnic table. We're going to be back for a second segment after we go inside and get another beer. It's the Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Rams, back after this. We're back. We're on the tee box, and we, we both got driver in hand. And Danny Brams, it's time to send it. Cheers. A couple of hazy IPAs. A Lenny Boy Send It Hazy IPA is pretty much the perfect beer I could have had for my second beer of the night. I think uh, the double was nice to sort of get me going, and now I need a hazy just to sort of let me simmer my thoughts a little bit in the head, just to kind of get that head foggy and cloudy and where I like it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, go from there. I, I'll tell you what. This beer is absolutely fantastic. I think there's some hazy IPAs that are absolute shit. And this one does not fall into that category. It's yeah. drinkable. It tastes good. And Lenny Boy Brewing Company just does a fantastic job. I think it's a hidden gem here in Charlotte. And, I, and I'll be honest with our listeners. This was our third option. <laughs> right. We tried tonight. two other places tonight. And what we try to do is we try to get around and, and find other breweries and places were so busy. I didn't mind. I don't, I don't mind places being busy. But what I do mind, Danny Brams, is walking into an establishment and seeing a line of 40 people <laughs> waiting to get a beer from two helpless barkeeps. Right. Nobody wants to work anymore, apparently. But... Uh... Yeah, uh, there's some newer spots in town. We tried to go to one of the newer spots in town. We won't call them out by name, but yeah, just not really uh, staffing the demand. They have It's a place that would have had great beer, and we were looking forward to it. We will get there at some point, but they need to hire a few more people to meet their demand for sure. I... Uh I don't. I'm not a line waiter. I'm just. You know. I'm not a line waiter. I, I'm a patient man, but I'm not a line waiter. I, you know. So it is what it is. Patience pays off. I believe in patience because I think patience leads to good karma. And Christian Latanzio, what he did is he lost his patience with Chris, Christian TT Ortiz. What a segue, Danny Brands. And it feels like mm-hmm. uh, one of Charlotte's players, the the second player that was. 
requested by Miguel Angel Ramirez. Mm. They joined the squad, the first being Alan Franco, now being gone. Titi Ortiz is another player that MAR wanted on this squad, mm. and he's on his way out. Yeah, another former MAR player. And I want to ask you this. There, Franco's gone, the Blue Hornets gone. I never really did get to weigh in on Franco because I had been such a fanboy earlier in this season, and then the, when he left, there was a bunch of other stuff going on with the team, and I actually never did issue my... As people were looking for the Danny Brams <laughs> official statement on Alan Franco, and they never got it. So a few weeks late, but let me just say I still love Alan Franco and fuck anyone who doesn't. But <laughs> and he scored on his debut with this <laughs> new squad. He scored on his debut with Tolaris. They're playing in the uh, Comnable Champions League, as far as I know. They, that's a, a good squad down there, and uh, whatever. Alan Alan's gonna go be Alan. I, I I wish him well. As far as TT, I don't know if I wish him well. <laughs> I mean, I wish him to go. I wish everybody well. But I mean, what is TT? TT had a one assist for this club, I think, right? Did he have? He had the first goal that was waved off offside, but he also didn't celebrate Adam Armour's goal. He had, you know, a bit of a bad attitude at times. You could just feel he, he just—I didn't sense any buy-in from him. And I also think w- the question I want to ask you is: There was remember when Mir was fired? Not to dwell on the past, but you remember when Mir was fired? I like this topic. There was this. There was the reporting around all this, and, and uh, there's episodes that you can go back and listen to if you're new to the show that will illuminate some of this, but there was a report that said there's a locker room revolt, da-da-da-da, and even one of MAR's specifically recruited players had decided it was time for him to go. Do you think that was Franco, or do you think that was TT? I think it was TT. I and, think so, too. I think TT stabbed MAR in the back. He, he's, he's somebody that clearly felt a little privileged when he came onto the squad because right. he was hand chosen right. by the manager and he was inserted into that number 10 role he wore the number 10 shirt right he 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 hand picked that himself i believe yeah so he's from he's an argentinian player you know argentina guys wearing the number 10 of maradona is obviously a thing it's a big deal and i think that he expected to be a undroppable right and, I, and he did expect that I, I, I agree and with when you. he got dropped by MAR he was pissed right he was stewing and he never found his way back from that right and then Latanzio takes over and immediately reinstalls him right he was back in the st- like we thought after the Orlando match that he was gone for good we were like after what happened in Orlando which by the way I watched here with, with friend of the show Matt Kessler at Lenny Boy there yeah. you go well, I th- we thought we'd never see him again. Then MAR gets fired. TT stabs MAR in the back. Latanzio's installed as the new interim coach. And he puts TT right back in the lineup and middling results at best. So he gets benched again. Yeah. So he's benched by both managers. <laughs> right. In a <laughs> within five-month span. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And ultimately... There's not a place for him in this squad anymore, and it seems you know this 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 transfer window is open. You get left out of the squad against Chelsea in an exhibition match, which goes to show, and, and I'm almost willing to guarantee that he's not going to be in the squad on Saturday night. There's no chance. He hasn't been traveling. He has, he hasn't traveled with the team anywhere. So he didn't go to Miami. So the, he the, won't be going to Toronto. The next, I question, doubt he's vaxxed. Also, just <laughs> side sidelines. So. The next question for TT Ortiz is not. If he's in Charlotte FC's starting eleven, it's who's starting eleven. Will he be in, and where, what, what club he's, does he land? At? He's already washed out of League MX. He, he at Tijuana, he was never that great. He never played more. He was always like a sixty-minute man subbing out. You know, a sixty-minute man can be good in some things, but it's not good in soccer. And <laughs> he was an early sub, and uh, he bar- he rarely ever went ninety for us when he would start and. I see him going down probably to like the Chilean or the Ecuadorian or the Colombian league or something like that, sort of a lesser league in South America. I don't even think he's good enough to play in the Argentinian Primera, so we'll see. I mean, God love you, TT. It's all good. I'm not trying to talk shit, but like you didn't work out in Charlotte, and uh, I hopefully, I w- it sucks that like people were like even like Franco like caught all this heat as like the worst player that we brought in when really it was TT. So. 
the starting 11 won't have TT on Saturday night against Toronto. So my question to you is, what is your projected 11? What does it look like on Saturday night on the road? And, and I think there's a caveat here. The last time that Charlotte FC went north of the border, it was right after the international break. There were some COVID issues within the squad. There was some vaccination issues We as were well. missing 10 players. We were missing 10 players. So I've heard that mantra so often, I'll never forget it. What I'm going to do in the interest of protecting this segment is not to necessarily ask for who your starting 11 is, what your projected 11 is, but who are your key players? Who are players that, as you go north of the border this weekend against Toronto, based on what you know about, about Toronto FC, who can have the best impact for Charlotte FC to get a result on the road, something that this club has only done once? Well, I'm going to say this. We're 48 hours from kickoff as of this recording, and if it comes out between now and then that certain players are not available, I'll be very disappointed in this club. Uh, we should know by now if anyone's not going to be available to go. So I'm going to assume everyone's available because I believe in my club and I have the... I, they would never lie to me. <laughs> they would never mistreat me with information. So I'm going to pretend everyone's available and that there's not going to be any COVID well, issues. I, and I'll we'll tell you see. what, I've got beachfront property for you in the state of Oklahoma. <laughs> Maybe I'm just a gullible son of a bitch. Who knows? But key players would be Christian Kalina. The, the undroppable. The number one. Key players would be Guzman Corujo. Our best center back. The key to our defense. I was not really happy to see him play 45 minutes against Chelsea necessarily because he's left the two league matches in a row early with a knock. But he played a clean 45 and got out. I got no issue with it. I think he's going to be okay. So I expect him to be a key player. With those two in the defense, Kalina and Guzman, you can put any other three guys around them. I'm fine with whatever mix works out. In the midfield, the key player is Brian Bronico. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, is, yeah. is this even a question? And then the other key thing to me is that Shinyashiki starts. I don't care if, if you have to put Camille in central like I outlined earlier or if you have to tell Camille uh, you're a bench player now until you do a little better in training. Shinyashiki needs to start. Reina needs to start. Now, I for whatever reason, if I was going to like, for whatever reason, I, I don't I don't know what is in my head or in my heart about this, but if you said, who's one player you think is going to have a vaccination issue going into Canada, for whatever reason, I think it might be Jordi Reina. I don't know why. But assuming he's okay, I want to see him in there. And I need to see Shinyashiki start. And, of course, Carroll starting would be nice. I, as much as I love Danny Rios, the bouncer, and as much shit as I've talked on Carroll all year, we need him in there. No. Danny Rios showed last night his nose for goal when the PK was won in the box. You know, he you could tell. He, he gave somebody a wink and said, this is my ball. Right. I'm and Andre score. almost – Andre wanted it. I think Andre wanted it, but it was Rios' ball for sure. But at the end of the day, we've, we've witnessed – now many games and, and Danny Rios just doesn't have it in open play in MLS right now. Carol Swiderski does. It, right. It's, it's not even a conversation. Rios can get on the end of a ball and put it in the net, but Carroll's a playmaker. Absolutely. He does it all and I think he's, he has the ability to score with his head, he has his, the ability to score with both feet, and he has the ability to, to assist. And I think I, I totally agree with you. And, and hearing you say that is starting. I'm starting to realize that in the midfield, you say, okay, Bronny Bro, who is an undroppable for this squad, he is guaranteed there in the midfield. And I and I agree, but listen, I, I, I need to communicate with you that I have zero interest in Camille Uzviak playing the number 10 <laughs> against Toronto on Saturday night. I have no interest at all. <laughs> like, you weren't impressed by what you saw in 25 minutes of him playing the 10 against Chelsea? I mean, like, wh what happened? <laughs> We've been talking about this club all season, and he plays 25 minutes against Chelsea, 
and converts a, a PK, which is great. He he played well, but for me, I, I mean, maybe it will be a shocking rediscovery of form in a new position. Fine, you know what? If that's the if that's what you want to sell me, sure. But I'm not buying until I see it with my own two eyes. I'm not, you know, I feel like I'm buying something right. online right now. I'm reading reviews. Bargain basement. I, I, yeah, I, I, I need to go. Right. And I need to take a look at it. Right. And I need more. You than need Amazon minutes. Prime try before you buy. Yeah. That's what you need, basically, for sure. I wish we would have done that. Try before you buy. But. But, but, but the reason why I bring that up is because with the absence of TT Ortiz, and now with this new project, and I'm going to call it that a project. Mm hmm. Uh, Vuzjak moving on the inside and becoming of more of creative. They're kind of similar body types, and TT was playing the center attacking mid. You know, listen, man, you can you can sell me this for the for the rest of the week, but I'm not buying it until I see it. I'm not even going to try to sell it to you because I'm, I'll be honest. I'm only throwing that out there as just some like wild thing because uh, the the club and some of the fans, <laughs> some of the fan base has this really weird thing with Camille where it's like, oh, well, he's Polish and Carol's Polish, so, like, they have to be on the field together. You know, it's like, give me a break. But I only... I'm You can make Camille the fucking center back as far as I'm concerned. Start Shinyashiki. You know, like, right. that's my whole thing. Right. I, just, that, I want Andre but, to start. But it's, this conversation, to me, is not about the wingers right now. It's about, okay, is it Ben Bender? Is it Quinn McNeil? I mean, I need to know. I still think our central midfield... Is an issue. I think there is right now oh, no doubt. a an absence of a playmaker. So I, I'm not going to project anybody there. But what I'm well, going to say is that Quinn McNeil has done a really nice job showing his skills going forward, showing his skills defensively. I think he's the guy that that gets a start on he's, Saturday night. He's not flashy, and he's not what I would call your classic center attacking mid number ten playmaker up front. But I love Quinn McNeil in this lineup. The results have been great. Again, I'm th pretty much throwing out the Miami game. It was just a bad night that we still almost got a win out of. And since Quinn McNeil has been in the starting lineup, we've been a better club. We've been a better squad on the pitch. And I ultimately think that it's the, the real answer is player to be named later. I'm really disappointed that Zorn hasn't shown more urgency to go out and get someone. His, his quotes in the last few weeks of, yeah, we want to get somebody, but it's not super important to get him in the summer. We can wait till January. I couldn't disagree with that more. You've, if you've listened to this show, you know how badly I want us to go find our Sebastian Driussi, uh, someone who's out there, who's an elite player that has had a bad situation out in Europe and wants to come restart an MLS. There's got to be a dozen of them out there if the scouts are working. We need to get that person. But present personnel... Quinn McNeil's my guy uh, up there with, to be honest, if you change the Bronico Ruiz McNeil midfield, you better have a damn good reason. Yeah. Double pivot? Are we going to continue to see a double pivot? I hope so. I love the double pivot. The double pivot to me is crucial for this squad. We've been saying that since preseason. I, I do want to give one more player a shout-out. Because you didn't mention him as somebody who, you know, you, you, you mentioned him as a rotational player. Anybody can play besides Guzman Caruvo. And I got news for you, brother. That's not the case. Anton Walks is a big part of this squad right now. And, and if we want to talk about if we want to talk about how this squad has changed. If we want to talk about how the future is now bright, how Christian Latanzio took over, you know who Christian Latanzio, the only player, there's one player, there's, well, there's two players. Rain is the other guy. There's two players that are playing on this squad that did not play for MAR. It's those two guys. So to me, they're going to be in the lineup as well. Uh, I'm willing to guarantee that Reina plays on the left hand side and that. Walks is next to Carujo. I think Fuchs is in line for a start at left back. For sure. So. Oh, Captain, my captain. Freaking firing off on Twitter today, by the way, for a bunch of haters. If you didn't miss that, if he's missed that, log on. Charlotte Soccer Show. I'm John Hayes. He's Danny Brams. We've got listener questions, and we've got a Toronto scouting reporter. I'm going to ask Danny Brams what we need to know. Our listeners are asking that as well. Tweet those questions every week at For the Crown Baby, and we'll get them 
answered here on the show. It's my favorite segment, always on the show. I get to pepper Danny Brands with your questions, and that's coming up next. Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brams are back at Lenny Boy Brewing Company. It's a beautiful, thirsty Thursday in the Queen City. I'm thirsty, Danny. And we've got some work to do on our Send It beers, which is a phenomenal hazy IPA. We, we re-upped. I just want to say that it's trendy right now to hate on IPAs. Like, IPAs went from, like, the trendy thing to then it became trendy to say they were played out and worthless. I'm here for the IPA revival. I know it's not here yet, but it's coming. I'm an I'm a shameless IPA fan, and someday they're going to be back in the good graces of the public. I have no doubt. It's that time of the show. It's it's time to pepper Danny Brams with our listener questions, and I'm going to start with um, DB's hot takes. And this is a a great question, and it's a three part question. <laughs> well, you. DB's hot takes knows we hate two-part questions. Knows you especially hate two-part questions. So he went with a three-part question. That's genius. The only thing worse than a two-part question is a three-point. See, I think he was. I think he was trying. He didn't. He didn't get on your. He didn't like uh, break the spell by by going the extra question. Okay. And since his third question is does the eleven shuffle again, um, I'm gonna omit that question since we talked about the eleven. So I'm gonna ask your two-part question. Okay. And the question is. Does a possible Bernadeschi debut affect our game plan at all? Is anything less than three points a failure? I'm going to take the second part first on that. Like a good uh, quiz show contestant, I will say yes. Anything less than three points is a failure. Toronto's just a flat-out bad team. We should win. They're the ghost of Michael Bradley uh, <laughs> being coached by his dad, who... <laughs> Is kind of a washout at this point. He's had, you know, a great American coach. He's coached the U.S. Men's National Team. He coached LAFC to a supporter shield. But I'm not a big Bob Bradley fan, especially now in the later stages of his career. First part of that, as far as the Bernadeschi debut, uh, DB, what you're referring to, obviously, is that Toronto has a couple of new guys, uh, Federico Bernadeschi and... Domenico Crescito and Lorenzo Insigne. Uh, you can check my Italian pronunciations on all that, all you Serie A fans who uh, might have prominent positions in the fan base. But no, of course it doesn't change the fucking game plan. Are you serious? We don't give a fuck about a bunch of Serie A washouts that were bums in their league and couldn't play anymore and decided to come over here. Bernadeschi was on Juventus and barely played. Insigne is actually pretty good you know, for Napoli. He's a good player. And Crescito is way past his prime. But, yeah, Toronto FC has brought in three new Italian imports, and it's supposed to make them make a big playoff push and blah, 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 blah. Toronto FC sucks, okay? They, they're they a really bad team. They can bring in, you know who else? Like, Frank Lampard came to this league and failed. Andrea Pirlo came to this league and failed. Steven Gerrard came to this league and failed. I'm not that interested in guys at the end of their career coming to MLS and try to dominate anymore. That's the fact of the matter and the matter of the fact. Bernadeschi's not at the end of his career. He's young. Insigne's at the middle. Crescito's probably at the end. But Toronto is crap. Three new guys is not going to save them. They're going to have a lot of in trouble integrating into their lineup and what they want to do. Bob Bradley's going to overthink it, screw up as a coach a couple of different times, and we should get a win no matter what. Brendan Wilhide, he tweets in. Uh, Atifo, a uh, tremendous friend of the show, he says, Danny Brams, do you think the club will name Romero to a first-team bench this season as a reward for his big moment versus Chelsea last night? That's a good question. I don't think he, I don't think he shows up on our bench in a regular season match, barring any type of injury slash COVID situation slash. We go on a huge losing streak and are completely eliminated from playoff contention, which no one wants to see. So I don't think he really gets any regular season run. What he deserves, though, is a contract. And Brian Romero needs to be our first ever official. We've taught, made jokes about homegrown players here and there and said that Jalen deserves it and whatnot. And, and Brian Romero needs to be our official first Charlotte FC homegrown player, not just in terms of you know the moniker that we give him, but 
in terms of the contract status, which is a special status that you get through MLS that gives you some chances to make more money and have, you know, stick with your team longer. Uh, he's one of our own. He's, he's one, one of our own. own. Brian, Brian Romero, Romero he's yeah, one of, he's our, one of own. our own. Yeah, There's no doubt need, about it. We need to keep the kid around, give him a contract, and uh, first team appearances next year for him, for sure. It's a great question, Brendan, and I, and I think it's a phenomenal answer uh, as well. I think it's really fun, and so far for Charlotte FC and this, this organization, this franchise, we've been so hyper-focused on it's the inaugural season. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to play matches. We've got games. But there's so much more to the story. And following the matriculation of, and the maturation of, I should say, mm-hmm. the maturation of, of Romero over the next five years is really interesting. Now, kid can't even drive. Hey. He's, he drove into the box against the Champions League winners, but he can't drive a car. I'll tell you what, he's riding shotgun <laughs> on that win last night. And, no and, doubt. And he's in a good well spot. Said. Uh, Danny Rios took the wheel, and, and he... he he got the job done. I do wish Brian had gotten one of the five penalty kicks in the shootouts. Because it was a friendly, didn't matter. He should have gotten one of the PKs, but whatever. In the moment. He was in tears at, on the sideline, just uh, taking it all <laughs> in, what had happened to him as a young kid. But, yeah. yeah. In the moment, like, I was like, give the give the kid the kick in the regulation time. Yeah. yeah like, in the moment, with me too, I was yeah. just like, it's an exhibition match. Right. But at the, at the time, like most people, I didn't realize that a – converted kick PK would now create a penalty shootout right. yeah. so th- so uh, so nobody I, knew the players didn't know the announcers didn't know it was it was Chelsea was pissed and they were even more pissed a few minutes later. I, I will tell you this and I'm in the business you're in the business and I hate to be hypercritical of commentators but the the, M- the the guys that call the game on ESPN Plus, I swear to God, it was like if an Onion article was a broadcast. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was so yeah. bad. They call. They said Quinn O'Neill. They said Daniel Ramos taking the PK. They were they got names wrong all night. Those guys. I mean, they didn't work for ESPN Plus. Those guys. I believe the way it seemed that they were kind of employed by the tournament. There's, you know. It, even though this was a friendly exhibition, it's a tournament called Clash of Nations. Yeah. And this was like a Clash of Nations produced broadcast. I, those guys, I don't know where they got them, but they were lacking some things. My wife and I, Rachel, we were watching the match together. And she looked at me at one point and was like, these guys are not even finishing their sentences. And they would just like <laughs> stop in the middle of a thought and just never... <laughs> come to a conclusion. I didn't plan to go as deep in on this, but there was a point where Camille Jusviak fell down and got back up, right? And this guy went on like an the extended like the 20 Weebly minute yes. riff about, oh, he's a Weebly. He's, he's like a Weeble. He's just, you know, the, you know that old toy, the Weebles? You know, the we- and like the game's going on and, and like things are happening and this guy's going off about Weebles and like no one knows and the his partner had no idea what he was talking about. It was wild. It was, it was crazy. Thank God for Will and Jess. I, I was... You were listening to the national broadcast. I was l- lucky enough. I got the assignment to listen to FNZ for the whole game. I got the better assignment for between the two of us there for sure. There was a point in the second half where Danny Rams, I asked myself, how f- when I was listening to these two guys on ESPN Plus, I said, how faded am I? <laughs> right. right, right. Like, is this? Did I take mushrooms and not remember? <laughs> like, what? Like, yeah. what is going on right now? Yeah. Uh, but hey, maybe that added to the experience. <laughs> Because we did have a, uh, I, I did tweet it from the account how terrible they were, and someone wrote in like, oh, I thought they were pretty good. So maybe, maybe hey, who the hell knows? To, to each their own. Okay, I'm, I'm Team Will and Jess. To, to Russell Bowman, and this is my favorite question of the bunch. One of our favorite tifos. Danny Bramps, how likely is it that Christian Latanzio is named permanent head coach? I would do it now. Thanks for answering your own question, Russell B. We always love that. <laughs> uh, I can speak. Just be. I, I would probably do it. I'd be willing to do it now too. I don't want to necessarily be a honeymooner guy. It's, I don't think there's that many like great coaches out there to go get. So let's stick with a guy that our players enjoy and who seems to be having some good results. I'm with you, Russell. I can say that Zoran Cronetta, in his most recent public comments with Willie P. Style on FNZ, made a, a little bit of a reference to Christian's done a good job, but we're not ready to commit to anything just yet. So we'll see. 
So the likeliness of it to answer your direct question is, I would say 50-50. If I could chime in on this one and give my take on whether he will become the permanent head coach or not, I think it's a very, very simple answer. If Charlotte FC makes the playoffs, he gets the job. Yep. If Charlotte FC misses the playoffs, he does not get the job. And that's where I stand today. And we'll find out months from now whether that ends up being true. I'm with you. I said that was my favorite question. But Bryant, who chimes in, at Pickle Chips. I love pickle chips. I love fried pickles. Who doesn't? New fan, he says, which is awesome. Welcome to the club. Danny Brands, if I buy a kit, wow. which player should I get on the back and why? Bryant, there's only one thing that should be written on the back of your Charlotte FC kit that you're about to buy, and that's pickle chips. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I thought you were going to say Bronica. If I to, to directly answer the question, of course, get a get have it say Brawny Bro. You'll be even better off. Yes. But, uh, pickle chips. Are you kidding me? What a great name. Just use just use your own name, bro. You got it. You've got it. You like you, you've got everything you need. I'm like the Wizard of Oz telling the Scarecrow, "You fucking have the brain. I give you the diploma. Put pickle chips on your jersey." Nick Youngblood tweets in. He says. Danny Brams. Christian Latanzio made it his mission to play every available player on the roster in the Chelsea match. And by the way, that the reason why we won is because of that. <laughs> Great point. <laughs> who are the players who made the most of their shot at playtime and who didn't show up to impress? So, one from each side, right? Who made the most right. of it? Who shit the bed? Who made the most? Who made the most? There's a couple different ways to go with the answer. I'm going to say Pablo Cisniega. I think Pablo is a guy, I love having him as a third stringer. I love goalkeeper depth. It's amazing. It's a bit of a luxury. And Pablo probably deserves to be a starting goalkeeper somewhere in MLS, in Mexico, in a lower level European club. I mean, Pablo Cisniega is a great goalkeeper. He showed it and he's had a rough year. And he's, every time I see that guy, he's smiling. He's like, so a part of the team. Blue guy. Yeah. Despite his like sort of low status. And he showed that he made his club debut, made some world-class saves and then won a PK shootout. No one made more of their opportunity. A couple guys shined. I love what Shinya did again, as I always do, but Pablo Cisniega, it's going to be sad that we have to let him go, but I'm, you know, if you love something, let him go. And uh, let, go start somewhere, Pablo. You'll always be part of our inaugural season. You always find a way to bring great life advice into the podcast, Danny Rose. <laughs> if only I could follow it in my own life, I'd be in a lot better situation. <laughs> uh, we've got two more questions. Well, one more question and one more comment. Um, this question comes from Ash Hamrick on Twitter. And remember, uh, always shoot us a question on Twitter and we'll happy to we'll be very happy to answer it on the show. And he says I have one all caps. What the fuck is Tepper doing? And this is in <laughs> response to his the Eastland Mall site now. Yeah. Charlotte FC's done with that. That's a bonus episode on our non-existent Patreon right there for sure. The, the we we know about the Panthers practice facility. And nice. we know about another top-level executive leaving TSE this week. What's your read on what this all means? It means risk. It means it means uneasiness in the back of my mind. It means I love this club, and I like the fact that we wouldn't have this club without David Tepper. So it's not black and white. There's gray areas like. I can't set, come out here and say, oh, David Tepper sucks. But Shout out to uh, Scott Fowler of the Charlotte Observer. Right. Really I'm really basically, basically echoing some stuff <laughs> from Scott Fowler's column here. Sorry to plagiarize verbally. <laughs> but, but, yeah, Scott wrote a great column. If you're not subscribed to the Charlotte Observer, you're doing yourself a disservice for sure. But, yeah, Tepper, I mean, what do you, you know this guy's about his, his 18 to 24 months away from coming to us with some big demand to, like, enhance – Bank of America Stadium and it's going to all show up on our tax bills and 
the city of Charlotte doesn't put up with bullshit owners. We kicked Jerry Richardson out for his bullshit. We sent George Shin out of here when he fucked with the Hornets. I mean, we don't fuck around. You know, like we weren't. We got Robert Johnson tried to name the goddamn basketball team after himself, and we fucking got rid of him and brought Michael Jordan. In. Like, like bat like. Money talks and bullshit walks is a great slogan, you know, for for the city of Charlotte. So I'm very happy for what David Tepper has done in giving us this club, but I would think he needs to run it a little bit better and a little less chaotic in terms of things going on in, in their company. And to answer your question, Ash, what the fuck is Tepper thinking? If I knew that, then I know everything. Well, I'll tell you what I'm thinking, and I don't want anything to do with a Fort Mill, Rock Hill practice facility for the Panthers. Tepper's goons come to get us. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with a Rock Hill practice facility. I don't want anything to do with an Eastland Mall Site Academy and or Charlotte practice facility. You know what makes... Charlotte FC special. You know what makes the keep special? Uptown. I agree. David Tepper is going to spend all his money uptown. He realized quickly, what the hell am I doing here? I've created a culture in uptown Charlotte that is fantastic. And I don't want to take this out. And, and I've always been, and, I, and, and sure, I'm putting, I have no fucking clue what he's actually thinking. Right. But what I'm thinking is, is that this is all good. I mean, that's the most optimistic possible reading that I could even imagine coming from this recent series of events, and it's someone I hadn't even got to myself, I didn't even consider, but I love hearing you say it. Right? Let's I mean, keep like, it optimistic. I'm, I'm good without Rock Hill. I'm good without right, the Eastland Mall yeah. site. Our boy Cliff, who bought a, a house in the neighborhood of the Rock Hill facility, <laughs> hoping to see the property value shoot up. He's hurting today, but you're right. You and me, we don't give a fucking goddamn about Rock Hill. So there's one more uh, request from our tremendous friend of the show, Michael Hubbard, at HubLikes on Twitter. He says, we need new Games of Thrones references slash analogies. And we've got one for this weekend. Of course we got one. We're going north of the wall, baby. <laughs> you know? The, the, the Night's Watch is going north of the wall and we're gonna slay some wildlings as far as i'm concerned a bunch of crazy italians just showed up in town that no one has ever seen in the league before they don't know who their goalkeeper is i mean if you don't pay attention you should know toronto fc switches their goalkeeper every two matches like they have a head case thing about it that works to our favor they're wildlings and we're going north of the wall and it's time to slay them and you know who's john snow christian latanzio the like bastard that. who hasn't been accepted by his own people. Brilliant. He has to have an, he, the interim tag is the bastard tag. Mm -hmm. And as soon as that interim tag, he needs to prove himself, and he'll do so north of the wall. And if he keeps getting these results, if he gets three points against Toronto on Saturday night. He's the king of the north. <laughs> king of the north. Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brams. It, it's been a pleasure to be back on the show. It's been a pleasure to be back from Scotland. I, I told you I was going to give you some storytelling, and, and and we're running out of time for that. So all I'll say to you, Danny Brams, is that the culture in Scotland is one of the most interesting cultures that I've ever come across. It's about friendship. It's about courtesy. It's about positive communication. It's about respecting each other, and it's about the, the love of the game of golf. And by the way, it's also about the love of the game of football. Rangers, Celtic, who's your squad? That's They're what, about to get their start, season started. Exactly right. They, they, they love rugby as well. It's a sporting culture. How's the caber toss? I, I, the Highland Games, there's, there's, there's old school <laughs> Highland Games as well. And a hurling for the people. That's right. So... All I'll say about Scotland is, if it's a place that you ever considered to go, I would get over there. And if you're a golfer there, the way that I would describe it is, it's a pilgrimage. Right. You you texted me that the uh, 
it was like a golf amusement park. So, well, St. Andrews Royal and Ancient was like a golf amusement park. Right. It was like, you know, when you're 12 years old and you get to the boardwalk and you see the amusement park, it's like, this is the best place in the world. Mm -hmm. And as a 34-year-old male, it's hard to recreate that. And when you walk onto the grounds at St. Andrews in Scotland and you see the golf course and you see how it's laid out it's that same feeling all over again like this is the best thing I've ever seen this is this is so unique it's so incredible and you know I could spend weeks there and play infinite rounds of golf of course and it was it was a good trip and and one of the highlights of my trip by far was being in Edinburgh and I pub crawled all afternoon. Uh, and Charlotte tradition <laughs> brought overseas. And credit to my wife Rachel for putting up with that. You know, we did a little bit of sightseeing. We we had some dinner, and I said, let's just let's hit the pubs. Yeah. And well, I know Rachel can drink you under the table. <laughs> she certainly can. And what ended up happening was is that I get back to the hotel room, and I see that the match is about to start. <laughs> Because it's like it's like a it was like a midnight eleven p.m. midnight start time for the match, and I'm like, how the fuck do I pay attention to what's happening? Like, am I going to follow this on Twitter? Am I going to be able to stay up for a while? And it was the Nashville match. And good times, you know, Rachel, she's. She's she's gone, you know. She's lays down. She's out like a light. Yeah. And I'm sitting there. I'm Long like, day. I'm like, the match is about to start. So I'm on the Wi-Fi. When I go to the FNZ app, I'm like, maybe this will work. Like, not the app, but the website. I was like, maybe the radio call will work. And it didn't. And I was like, son of a bitch. I just don't think I'm going to do this. So I was like, well, if I turn the Wi-Fi off, maybe that'll make a difference. Wi-Fi's off. Change up the IP address. And all of a sudden, there's Will and Jess. Beautiful. And I'm sitting in the hotel room. I'm looking at Old Town Edinburgh. And Amazing. they're calling the action. And Fuchs gets the PK yeah. to, to start things off. And I'll be 100% honest with you. After that point, I said, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I just, yeah. and, I, and I drifted into my sleep. I just listened in your dreams. I did. Yeah. And I woke up and it was a dream result. So that, Brilliant. That, that that was as far as Charlotte FC is concerned. That was certainly my favorite. I need part one of more thing from you. I know we're running a little long here. You you mentioned to this to me off mic, and I just want to hear you expound on it. <laughs> when you travel abroad, when you go international, you get a new perspective on things. I've noticed just you've been very optimistic tonight. You've every time I've pushed some negativity, <laughs> you've come right back at me with op optimism right in this episode. So I can feel it. So I want to know like. Just as we say goodbye here, share with some listeners just this positive vibe, this new perspective, and just how you're seeing the world right now. Sometimes you got to get out of your routine. And, and that's the way that I would describe getting out of the country, going to see another culture, understanding how they live their lives, understanding what matters to them, and how you can recognize so quickly that everything about your daily routine doesn't even register. To somebody who was in Dundee, Scotland <laughs> right. for lunch on a Wednesday afternoon. It takes things that you feel are so important mm -hmm. and minimizes them mm -hmm. into nothing. And then what it allows you to do is when you get back on American soil, and one of my favorite things about traveling internationally by far is getting back to the customs and the, and the custom agents saying welcome home. I love that mm -hmm. as an American. But what, what you can do, Danny Brams, is that you can then put your priorities into perspective, right? You can come back and say, shit, like, none of this matters as much as I thought it did anyway. So Beautiful. when it comes to Charlotte FC and this club's future and the new perspective that I have on it is that I still feel the way I I did when we recorded the trailer at Hooligans in Elizabeth. And everything that's happened from that date until now 
has just been living your life in Charlotte following a new club. None of that over the last six months from a big picture point of view matters at all. Sure, the results matter. The points matter. Right. But the way that I feel about Charlotte FC today is the same exact way that I felt about them before this season even started. I'm so happy that the club is in town. I think Charlotte is a soccer city. I think the future of the game here is huge. Christian Pulisic last night said after the match, this is incredible. Look right. around. He said, I was very pleased with the attendance. <laughs> Glad we could make you happy, Chris. Yeah, there's some certain cities in Ohio that just can't get it done. <laughs> right, yeah, that contrast is pretty nice. Yeah. So, uh, I love it, man. I love to hear that from you. And I always say, like, once you sort of make the decision in your mind that nothing matters, then you get to decide what matters. Then you get to put your priorities where you want them to be other rather than sort of be dictated to by society what you think should matter so that's beautiful and I, I agree traveling abroad does that for me as well and I just the vibe you're giving right now across this table is very nice it's a good vibe and I'll finish this in a way that I only can and that some of the perspective that I have is, is also this is that MAR is still my boy and I'm so thankful for what he's done for this club and I don't think the, this franchise would be where it is today without his passion, energy, and connection with the fans. And while it was short-lived, damn, it was good. I'm John Hayes. He's Danny Brams. It's the Charlotte Soccer Show. We've got a match on Saturday night. We've got three points to have north of the wall. For the crown, baby.